Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 337, Home Birth and Postpartum Updates. In this episode, I'm going to be telling you about my home birth with Mabel, um, sharing updates from postpartum, and hopefully I can remember it all because she actually just turned six months this past weekend. Yes, it feels like time has totally flown by. We were just laughing as I was looking at Miss Mabel this morning during dance class, and she's rolling over, scooting, and holding up her little shaker like it's a cell phone. (laughs) I was like, oh, look at her. She's talking to her friends. Um, I know. It's so fun. And she's just been such a delight to get to know in our household. And Miss Stella is loving her. And especially Noah is just the sweetest to watch as a big brother with his little sis. Oh, yeah. Um, And yeah, we just started baby led weaning um, in our household, um, kind of impromptu, just handed her a sweet potato fry piece you know that was homemade and everything um and she went after it and then we've been potty training with noah so like they're just getting big and babies don't keep yeah this is true and she's at that perfect squishy hip side hold kind of thing where she's hanging onto your shoulder and all the things i love it uh so much to discuss today and definitely a different experience although becky shared her natural birth with noah that was at a birth center so definitely there's going to be some changes and uh definitely a change of pace (laughs) this time around (laughs) that we'll cover in today's episode and we'll also be giving you a lot of tips on postpartum care essentials that you would want in your natural birthing bag or toolkit and all of that good stuff and this is right on the heels of last week recording uh, keto for fertility and so wild because in this group's keto class we already have a keto miracle baby we sure do so it's super fun to see that uh you know the actual manifestation of those functional influences on the pituitary gland and insulin sensitivity and how metabolic health and hormone health are so intertwined um so that's a great listen in case you missed that and i think that this will be a great one to also kind of thumbnail and save if you're considering a natural home birth and then even if doing a hospital birth all of the postpartum stuff can absolutely support as well totally all right let's talk about our wimberly wellness workshop or i think we're calling it wellness in wimberly so yes. many w's um, i know yes but couple spots left for that yeah so it's coming up may 20th and 21st in hill country of texas so wimberley is where i reside and where i have the naturally nourished market natural food store that i opened off of my brand concept and we have had so many requests and almost every time i see a patient in my clinic they're always saying i can't wait to come check out your market it looks so amazing i can't believe you've curated all of my favorite things in one spot So this kind of was created as an opportunity to bring y'all out to the Naturally Nourished Market, um, but also a great way to provide something kind of comparable to our retreat that we did last spring, 
without as much maintenance and demand. And this Wimberly Wellness Workshop will be available for women and men. So this could be a great way to get your spouse uh, coming or a boyfriend, someone that you want to get on track with your new revived food as medicine perspective and want to make sure that it's not just coming from you, but they're hearing it direct from the source. It's going to be a really fun weekend on um, Saturday. We're going to be doing a, a formal lecture. I'll be doing a functional medicine lecture, and then we'll be doing a, a lunch catered by the Naturally Nourished Market. We'll do some interactive food as medicine station breakouts, and then we will close that day out with a live podcast recording of Ask Us Anything. Um, where Becky and I will literally just be kind of polling the audience. You'll be able to step up to the mic and ask us your burning questions. So we're super stoked about that. And then on Sunday, we will be doing a two-hour cooking class with four to five different courses. Menu still to be determined, but I know it's going to be amazing. And we'll be sharing that as soon as we develop that element. But we are halfway sold out already. Um, so they're just shy of uh, 20-something spots left. This is a really great opportunity at a pretty affordable price point just $375 for both days, jam-packed with content, but also a lot of laughter and I think deep imprints on what will maintain sustainable lifestyle changes, a good amount of aha moments. And the focus of this is generalized wellness. So we'll talk a little bit about stress. We'll be talking about optimal eating and insulin resistance and blood sugar balance, um, as well as some stuff on gut health. Uh, But it'll be a really good overhaul and I will absolutely be there hands-on direct for hugs and connection and um, Becky and I will be there after both days the event will be like 11 to 2 30 and then we're going to be swinging over to the naturally nourished market um, for like a healthy hour uh, where we'll have wine that is natural and bites um, and snacks and such and so that's a great time for y'all to you know just meet us directly and have a conversation with people that you're listening to from wherever you are in the country. Yes, so, so fun. And when you um, grab your spot, you'll also get a guide to Wimberley that has been curated by Allie. Um, And so places to stay, places to book your dinner reservation, things to do during downtime, et cetera. So you can really make a fun little weekend retreat out of it. Yeah, it's a really beautiful place. Actually, aside from Sedona, Arizona, Wimberley is known to have energy vortexes based on the way that the rivers move through the valleys. And so there's some amazing swimming holes. Um, There are amazing outdoor opportunities. And the water out here is emerald green. It's going to be just a lovely way to reset your nervous system, kind of re-up your food as medicine game, and have a whole lot of fun in the process. So go on over to AllieMillerRD.com. Grab your tickets while they're left. And um, we can't wait to meet you in person. Okay. And then we also have a free webinar coming up. We're doing this kind of every other month thing. Um, And the focus of this coming one, um, which is April 12th, is going to be women's hormones, um, fertility, and getting your cycle on track. Yes. And so not just on fertility, mostly will be more cycle and management on fibroids, PCOS, but, but we will cover all of that element. So just noting again, although we have some content most recently on babies, um, there will be three quarters of that for yeah, yeah. women. You know, mostly we're looking at like cycling women, painful periods, um, endometriosis, uterine health, 
um, a little bit on vaginal microflora and so much more. It'll be great for getting into swimsuit season and just feeling the best you can in your body. And if fertility is one of your goals, we'll talk about some of the tools in our tool belt as far as optimizing egg health and all of the things. Yes. So you can grab a spot. It's free. All you have to do is register in advance. Um, It's a Zoom link um, and it will be recorded and sent out to all participants who register. So even if you can't make it live, you can still go ahead and register um, and we'll be asking, doing a Q&A at the end. You'll get all of that in uh, the archived webinar that we send to you. Excellent. All right. And finally, let's have a word from Santa Cruz Medicinals before we get into all of the story of Miss Mabel's birth. Yes. So Santa Cruz Medicinals provides lab-tested cannabidiol, or CBD, that has the ability to improve moods, calm anxiety, and regulate stress. All humans are wired with an endocannabinoid system, and we naturally produce CBD, but when we are in a high fight-or-flight mode or more of an anxious-wound individual or someone that goes through more traumatic inflammation based on exercise or depending on your work focus, this can deplete CBD, and adding CBD as an oral tincture or capsule is a great way to reduce that inflammation in the body and support neurological wellness. It actually can counteract cortisol from being released and can be a really turnkey component for quality sleep as well as also hormone and pain management. You can go on over to scmedicinals.com and use the code AllieMillerRD to save 15% and get free shipping on your order. Again, that's scmedicinals.com. That stands for Santa Cruz Medicinals. And our friends over at Santa Cruz Medicinals recommend doing a 100 milligram a day challenge for one week. Uh, This allows you to really see with a potent delivery how you feel with the use of CBD. So you can check in on your sleep, check in on your nerves, uh, check in on social anxiety or any of the reasons why you were drawn to explore cannabidiol. And um, at 100 milligrams a day, then you can determine if you do well with 50 milligrams. But the problem is many of the products on the market are in a microdose, which really wouldn't have enough efficacy to have impact. And I also will call out now that CBD is so on trend and there's so many shops popping out everywhere, a lot of that Delta 8 and different derivatives of cannabidiol that are trying to mimic THC, more of the psychotropic or psychoactive component, is not going to be found in Santa Cruz Medicinals products. So these are not going to have any influence of a quote-unquote high. Um, There will not be any psychoactive impact. It's just going to be calming and tonifying to your neurological system and have that anti-inflammatory support. So all of their CBD products are going to be lab tested for both potency and purity. And um, I would recommend playing with their high dose tinctures like their 20,000, excuse me, milligram MCT oil. They use a beautiful, just straight up unprocessed MCT oil as a carrier there. Uh, They have also some really great pain salves, which can be applied to areas of pain. And then they have uh, capsules as well, which can be used flexibly for all of these reasons. So go on over to scmedicinals.com, use Allie Miller RD at checkout and save 15% on your first order. And also you'll get free shipping. All right, I'm gonna let you kind of play 
podcast host all right <laughs> today like um if you will or co-host i guess um I right don't know. i don't Either know way. i don't know which the one we are interviewer. the one who interviews yeah. me for at least the first part um so love it Go ahead and shoot. <laughs> yeah. So um, just to share with y'all, we have a ton of resources in today's episode. So we will be linking all of our past episodes all the way starting from episode 21 with my first trimester, one episode of each of my trimesters of pregnancy with Stella, an episode on postpartum nutrition, and then we have keto and pregnancy in episode 134. Then we go into the 180s where we have Becky's first trimester, second trimester, and third trimester with Noah. And then 215 is Noah's birth story and postpartum recovery. So we got a lot of content on there in a very personal approach, um, sharing our experiences through our pregnancies. And we did not do all that with Mabel because we feel like we got the ground yes. covered. Yeah. <laughs> we did yeah. like kind of one general update and included, you know, the variances. So I want to cover to open up the tail end of your pregnancy and um, you know that third trimester what you were doing in preparation for labor um, and and anything kind of in that preliminary before we get to the birth story yeah totally Um, so I was super active just because I'm chasing around a toddler Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the time Um, so a lot of walking just staying really active this time um, more so I think than than with Noah because it was you know pandemic time and I feel like there was more like sitting around feeling sorry for myself or something um but just not as much like open um and um this time around I did an in-person um workout group that I committed to through second and third trimester um pretty much up until I think 37 weeks and it was very birth fit based um which I'll link the episode where we had Lindsay Lindsay, Mm -hmm. um on and and this is an in-person coach who does her methodology um so I feel like that really helped with just strength and and it was more heavy lifting like kettlebells right yeah like that that you weren't really doing with Noah or were you doing that prior I don't think I was doing that with Noah because like everything shut down right I just was doing like yoga yoga. dance and like Mm -hmm. some light stuff that I could do on my own at the house but this is in a legit like CrossFit gym it's not CrossFit it's not as scary uh, but very much intended you know toward pregnancy and and postpartum Um, and so that was fabulous and just good support um, I think for a fast labor which I did have (laughs) Um, I was doing my chiropractic care um, in Austin very um, pregnancy and postpartum focused with the Webster method Um, and I wasn't as obsessed with like the positioning because I just knew inherently Mm -hmm. that babies usually unless something is wrong usually Mm -hmm. they get into the right position and Um, So my midwife felt her. I never did an ultrasound beyond the 20-week anatomy scan. Um, Didn't feel the need because we were very confident in where I was getting the kicks and stuff. Gosh, it feels like so long ago uh, (laughs) that she was in there, but very confident that she was in a good position, you know, for birth. Um, So went into it, you know, feeling confident about that. Um, I did do a virtual birth class. Um, It was called (laughs) Pain-Free Birth. I would say my birth was not pain-free, um, <laughs> not quite, um, but it was very much focused more on like mindset um, taught by a doula and um, very focused on, on mindset, kind of bridging a little bit of like Christian hypnobirthing stuff. I had an app from them as well, but none of that stuff ended up like getting turned on during 
Like my labor it, because like it was it, so, so intense. Um, it's a good it's a good resource if you have time. Some to, of like, it might have been subconsciously it. in your head. Yes. You never know. Totally. Totally. Um, so kind of just preparation mode toward the tail end. Um, I have a labor and postpartum checklist that I put together um, for a friend who had a baby around the same time. And then I like printed that out and made sure I had all of my things in order. Um, and when you're preparing for a home birth, the midwife kind of gives you her list as well. So there's um, like different suppliers that you can go to their website and you order essentially like a birth kit. Yeah, that was when I turned ghost white before I knew Stella was a frank breach and all of the things when I received like the scissors yeah, the, in his everything. hands birth yep. kit. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this is like happening in yeah, the yeah. house right there. Yeah, yeah, like full on, you know, all of the medical supplies that you need down to, you know, the little chucks pads, puppy pads, all of the things they have you uh-huh. kind of stock in the house and, and prepare. And I went above and beyond because I like the gold star for preparation at least um, and labeled everything in these like giant Ziploc bags and had it just in the nursery like this is bag one and here's what's inside just because I knew things could pick up really fast and I didn't want to try to be directing Byron yeah. and, and my midwife. Um, I just wanted them to have everything and go. And so that's a checklist that you'll share. Yeah. As a link yeah, yeah. As well. I awesome. Will. Okay. I will. Um, and then I think toward the tail tail end, it was like 37 weeks. I picked up like a terrible sinus infection. Um, mm-hmm. And this pregnancy in general, I would say was like marked by just my immune system having a really rough time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a big part of that was just having, you know, a two-year-old, Noah turned two right before Mabel was born. Um, but I just caught everything that he got and then some throughout the entire yeah. <laughs> pregnancy. Um, so I had a round of, of COVID and like a really rough um, laryngitis slash bronchitis go in the early yeah it was like because the omicron was the the round of covid that we got like together yeah yeah because i remember the instagram we did in january yeah when you were like early pregnant yeah, that wasn't bad but and then, then after that just it really took a turn it, though it felt yeah. like because the no. women's wellness workshop was in march yeah and you were very sick then and then it just yeah then, then we talked about how we did spring break in march also as our families and then there was the gut bug yep. that went around and i got two rounds of that Oof. um so it was yeah it was rough like yep. second trimester kind of went back up but then third trimester um noah started school and picked up some nasty cold and i tried every natural remedy in the book <laughs> i did the x clear i did the neti pot um you know our our bio C plus cellular antioxidants, all of our probiotics, vitamin D, um, everything you can find in our, um, in our immune immune protocol, protocol, herbal immune. I was taking, even though technically I think some of the herbs are maybe not approved for pregnancy at this Mm -hmm. point. I was like, baby's cooked. And if I don't clear this thing, I can't picture going into labor, never mind like a home birth setting. Um, and I told Byron, I was like, I'm going to end up in the hospital. Like if I am feeling this not bad, enough strength. Yeah. just not enough strength. I wasn't sleeping because it was like full blockage. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced anything like that. I think it's like the second sinus infection I've had in my life. And this was like, this is bad. Um, and I was doing acupuncture and I found um, craniosacral therapy, you know, during mm-hmm. that time. And it sort of kind of helped, but it just like would not kick. Um, ended up even doing IV, NAC, glutathione, and a Myers cocktail because I'm like, mm-hmm. I need something. Um, and 
I bit the bullet and went on antibiotics after like 14 days of just yeah. severe congestion and could not breathe and could not picture, you know, having a baby in yeah. that state. Well, and I think that that's right. Had you not maybe had that, well, A, you may not have been as sick if you weren't that pregnant as well. Sure. <laughs> because your body wasn't able to hold nutrients right. as much. Um, but I think that that's really you know, important to share, you know, I think sometimes people, we're all humans. And um, at the end of the day, I'm sure you probably don't even remember the prior time that you took antibiotics, but no, um, like college I, yeah. for like a dental procedure. I remember having that conversation with you and being like, if the goal is having a home birth, then you take the antibiotics yep. <laughs> because yep. it's like, it, it truly, it's such a marathon um, and the physiological demands of the body require you to have the ability to breathe, A, eh? <laughs> kind of important. Yes. Um, and also that physiological strength. And so it, it ended up being the right choice because oh, yeah. like what, three days into the antibiotic, yeah. you were pretty cleared. It, was, it, it worked its magic. And, yeah. the, you know, the prescriber, um, the doctor that I, I saw um, actually out here in Wimberley, I was like, I'm not going to see anyone who makes me mask while I have a sinus infection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they were still doing that. Um, but he was very much like, after 10 days, you can pretty much like guess that it's bacterial. Like you really, yeah. you need to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it took three, four days and I was breathing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know that at that time also, we didn't have out our herbal ginger syrup no. or elderberry plus but those would have been great things totally. to layer in yep. yep and then the gi immune builder too totally. it wasn't out yet um but i feel like i would have taken that throughout you know and perhaps that would have been supported. the entire pregnancy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i think that that's a good one to layer in if you're feeling overall immune compromised yep. for certain yep totally um so anyway kind of a rough go drama you know immune wise a little bit of drama with um my gallbladder this time as well I think I shared that on one of our podcast episodes but Mm -hmm. um not ever confirmed diagnosis of like a gallstone but just some irritability I would say in that area like starting second trimester all the way through Mm -hmm. Um, and I found um, I did end up taking our detox packs quite frequently Mm -hmm. um, just to get that like bile that phase one liver gallbladder supporter Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt pretty comfortable you know doing that occasionally like you know because what's the alternative having your gallbladder out during pregnancy right Um, right not really (laughs) an option um and then um supplementing with with choline um, which we know is really important for babies brain development uh, but can also aid in gallbladder and liver health Um, i used a little bit of milk thistle too and then i was doing acupuncture pretty regularly just to kind of keep that clear and that really helped and bitters tinctures too weren't you doing more of those too yeah 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 um i forget the herb farm bitters like in water Mm -hmm. and um i forget what else but i can i can link my arsenal of gallbladder mocktail yes yes All right, let's talk about labor and maybe the first onset of uh, false labor, which did you experience that with Noah as well? Or was this, you think, more because you were just so active and doing a lot with him? Yeah, yeah. I had like one incident with Noah maybe like a week or two before he was born where we were were actually driving to pick up our new car in San Antonio. And I was like, I don't know if I can drive home. Um, But I think it was just electrolytes were off and, and, you know, that was the one single incident. This baby, Miss Mabel, I was almost like, I wonder if she's going to be preterm and, you know, started like 34, 35 weeks um, where it would happen toward the tail end of the day um, where I would just have like a ton of 
what I thought were Braxton Hicks, but with like extreme pelvic pressure. So not just like that locking of the right. belly, but right. yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is actually a contraction. Like I don't have to like work through it necessarily, but it stops me in my tracks enough if I'm mm-hmm. walking that I'm like, ooh, like I can't mm-hmm. take another step until this goes away. Um, and so that was a little bit concerning. Like, is this just the warm up because it's your second baby and your body just kind of like knows what to do? Um, goes into it a little bit more, you know, intensely, um, or is something going on? And I think what my midwife diagnosed me as is standing on my feet too much and yeah, <laughs> um, running around after you know a two year old and and in the heat of you know the tail end of summer, being electrolyte depleted, all of the things. Um, and I was still working out through all of this too, um, so I really had to modify there, just kind of slow things down. Um, I ended up using cramp bark, um, which um, is a tincture from Herb Farm that I can link. Uh, But my midwife was like, you take a full milliliter of this three times a day. um, Or if you're having a really intense episode, you lay down and you take it until it stops. And so I used like two full bottles of Mm -hmm. um, that stuff and then um, really stayed on top of my electrolytes, um, was taking extra relax and regulate at that point. Um, and yeah, the That's goal a, was just keep baby in. I feel like she's fully the cooked. relax and regulate is an unsung hero in the world of preeclampsia yeah, and yeah, yeah. also Braxton Hicks. Yep. And I think that that's something that we recommend all the time, but maybe isn't like out there <laughs> circulating in sure. the space. So that's a big like kind of make sure you keep that in your pocket, ladies, um, for any friends or yourself, um, you know, really around like 33, 34 weeks. That's absolutely the time. If you're not already taking two to three scoops of relax and regulate um, to really ramp that up, that magnesium bisglycinate really does wonders and can absolutely prevent a lot of complications yes. that drive that iatrogenic or medical induced further complications totally, of concern. Totally. Um, and I was already taking a lot. Like I run at a baseline of two scoops. I was up yeah. to three and I probably went to four like when this mm-hmm. was going on and would do it more intermittent throughout the day um, or like early evening when I felt like preempting it's kind of starting and then maybe my extra two scoops at night and make it more of like the um, electrolyte limeade yes. with it because yeah, yeah. it's also hot and totally again, getting that full scope so we can put that YouTube video in there too as a resource yes Awesome. Um, so yeah, I managed to keep her in because um, 37 weeks is the cutoff for any either birthing center or home birth. You know, you want your baby fully cooked. Okay. So where were you at on September 17th? I was 39 weeks and one day. Was okay. It's actually a little further than I made it with Noah. I think he was 38 and a half. So okay. yeah, I made it to 39 and one okay. with, with Mabel. And let's kind of walk through her birth. Yeah. 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 Um, so September 17th, it was a Saturday and, um, you know, had all kinds of plans for the next week or so of just like things to distract Try to yourself keep you busy, with. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause I did close my clinic, um, the week prior, just knowing that, you know, I had an early baby with Noah. This one is kind of warming up already. I just don't want to be <laughs> yeah. emailing my clients at 4am. Like I had to with Noah and be like, <laughs> I can see you in, you know, January. Um, uh, but had cut off clinic, just kind of keeping myself busy. And so we were planning to go to this, like, I think it, they call it like a petting zoo for trucks with Noah, like a, I don't know what it is, but it's a fire trucks and dump trucks and like all of these like construction vehicles mm-hmm. that he could go and sit in. And I was like, I just feel a little bit off. Like I woke with some light kind of period, like cramping, 
um, a lot of just pelvic and rectal pressure. Um, and that continued throughout the morning. And I was just kind of like, I'm going to rest. I need mm-hmm. a little break. You take Noah, go off. And I was joking with him. I'm like, I'm glad I didn't just like have a baby right then and there while you were at home. <laughs> right. Um, because when it started, it, it really happened. Uh, but I was supposed to rest. Instead, I ended up going into like hyper nesting mode and moving furniture and preparing the nursery mm-hmm. and like doing all the things. Cause I think I knew inherently like this baby is coming, whether mm-hmm. it's today or tomorrow. Um, Around noon that day, I had a virtual baby shower for one of my girlfriends um, who lives in um, Michigan, Um, and um, it was a super sweet event, lots of like bliss oxytocin even flowing through the Zoom of of that, and I swear that like really kicked things up because immediately after, like the contractions started feeling a little different where I was like, I haven't had one of these before, Um, and I was just sitting on the floor in the nursery, um, you know, on my computer to having to kind of like work through them a little bit. Um, but I still denied to myself and everyone else that I was even in labor. Um, mm-hmm. cause we had plans later mm-hmm. <laughs> that day. I think we were going to meet up and go to like a brewery or take the kids to a something playground outside, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you called me at like three and I was yep. like, I just feel a little off. I don't know what's going on. Um, but you were headed back to Wimberley. You were my go-to for taking Noah for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, no, no, I think we're fine. Um, I'll let you know. And then not, you know, 15, maybe 30 minutes later, I had to call you back and be like, um, you yep. need to come get him. <laughs> yep. And I had my nephews in town. So I yep. had two boys, Stella, and we were like, you know, we're like an hour away from Austin and we were like 45 minutes in. And it was like, okay, let's swing this boat around yep. and get, get Noah. But it was, it was lovely. And I also was planning to be Becky's like support doula or just kind of hold it down on the home front and I was going to get Noah settled and you know get the kids fed dinner and then I was going to be scooting back (laughs) to catch the birth because clearly you know it would be nine or ten or midnight or something like that Um, and that's not how it went down. No, not at all. So like by the time you guys actually got there, I think I had the midwife was parking her (laughs) car Mm -hmm. because I was like leaving with Noah and the midwife was going in and I was like, all righty, here we are. So yeah, I called her at like 345 while you were on your way. Um, and I finally surrendered to like, okay, I think I'm in labor. I forget what exactly I said, but I think it was, I think it's happening. And she's Mm -hmm. like, okay, how close are your contractions? Um, and I said, oh, I don't know, five, six minutes, maybe 30 seconds in length, kind of irregular. And she made me stay on the phone um, for a little while and just kind of talk through the contractions. And she's like, "Um, you've had three in the past three minutes. I've been timing them. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm on my way right now. This baby is coming. Uh Um, And so, yeah, she arrived. Her assistant arrived um, like 4.15 or so. Um, and, you know, did all the things of like checking heart tones right away. Um, and everyone kind of spread out like, okay, you grab the towels. Um, I ended up in the kitchen washing dishes. I don't know why you just (laughs) do silly things. Um, but everything was labeled. Thank goodness to, you know, my OCD, everyone knew their place and where to put things. And I had my birth plan, um, printed out on the table and it was more just in case birth plan, like in case of transfer, 
Byron, you grab this packet and, you know, staple it to your forehead. Kind mm-hmm. of. Thing. Um, but yeah, I was watching dishes. I like wanted to cut a watermelon for some reason because um, I was like, everyone's going to need some snacks, <laughs> you know, like make sure Monica, my midwife gets fed. If they're hungry, we'll need this watermelon. And like, uh-huh. you just kind of do like silly things like that sometimes. I don't know why. <laughs> And this one, you did not do the castor oil smoothie situation, correct? I did not need any, I didn't do any like natural induction Mm -hmm. support at all, Um, you know, beyond being active. I guess I was like eating some dates here and there, but really, um, and I was religiously drinking the um, red raspberry leaf tea mixed with nettle. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the nettle was throughout pregnancy and that helps with iron status. Um, and I also felt like it was really helpful for like not seeing as much um, swelling in like hands and feet mm-hmm. this time around. Um, and then started mixing that third trimester with red raspberry. That's probably the only thing I did. And then did, did you ramp that up the last two weeks or whatever or kept the same not ratio? Not even because I was having the, the false labor. Gotcha. I was like, she's coming. She's okay. going to do it on her own time. My and, uterus and, is contracting yeah, enough. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't want to kick that up any more than I have to. Um, and my midwife is pretty adamant of like, she doesn't do those things until we've reached the due date. So mm-hmm. I was okay with surrendering to, you know, her due date was September 23rd. And mm-hmm. so if we hit the 23rd, I was going <laughs> to, it was really, all happening, you know, yep. kick it in, but I, I never needed to. Yeah. Um, so when, um, they arrived, um, I did allow a cervical check I wasn't sure if I was gonna do it this time um, but I was like I want to know like yeah. I want to know where what's am I happening where am I at um and that was like 4 30 um they finally got me to stop washing dishes and cutting watermelons and <laughs> go lay down um and I was at six centimeters 80 percent effaced um and that means how thin or ripe the cervix is essentially and the baby Mabel was at station negative one, um, which means she had already dropped like really low in the pelvis. Mm-hmm. Um, and my midwife, Monica, was like, you are going to have a baby in your arms in three hours. You need to visualize that. And we need to go into the bedroom. We need to get you out of the kitchen. There's nothing else to do. Like, it's time to have a baby. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Um, and so it really went super fast from there. <laughs> so you got birth pool ready and labored in that a little bit or yeah um according to I requested all my like notes from the labor because you don't know timeline when you're in labor it's like yeah could be you know six hours could be six minutes um but it was about 5 p.m um they were getting the birth pool ready and I was trying to labor in the bed but I just wanted to be like either moving or swaying um I ended up in this like little corner of our bedroom at the foot of our bed, um, just on all fours. And Byron was doing some counter pressure. Um, and I would do kind of like a cat cow and then back into like a child's pose, rocking back and forth. Um, just really giving into like what felt good in my body. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about doing whatever positions. And, yeah. and my midwife and her assistant really didn't feel like they needed to coach me. Like I was just kind of doing it and they were sitting back. Um, I was much more intentional, I think, about like my breathing um, this time and like doing horse lips after every contraction, just kind of blowing it out. Yeah. Um, and just kind of knowing what to expect. Which is, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, knowing what to expect 
this time around um, and that, you know, contractions don't last forever mm-hmm. um, really helped versus with Noah, I feel like I would like run away from them a little bit or try to get comfortable and, and fight it. So I was in full surrender mode for sure. And so although you didn't do the castor oil and not as much vomiting with Noah, right? Or there was, there was a lot of much, vomiting. Because that started you yeah, know, yeah. At, at, around that time. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so at that time you're like, throw like give me a bucket throw up on the floor kind of thing yeah <laughs> I had and bought then, myself like the little um I forget what they're called the little like emesis bags essentially mm-hmm. um and I have them now for like car for sickness airplane. or something yeah <laughs> yeah um so I had those and I was like I'm gonna need one of those bags right now um they had made me um try to like eat and I just threw up everything mm-hmm. including my lunch I'm like I can never eat whatever it was eggplant caponata or something Ooh, that I yeah. had made never eat that again That's memorable yep it sure is uh, tomatoes eggplant not yummy um, but yeah there was vomit for sure and um, I know from you know my labor with Noah the doula at that time had said every time you vomit is another you know centimeter of dilation so had at least three vomits um, with Mabel maybe some poop um, in there for sure. Definitely some poop. Um, and you know, you're just kind of like clearing everything mm-hmm. out. Just like my midwife was so excited that I pooped and I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not excited, but I also knew what was going to happen. It's like that dance, wasn't it with Noah, right? That you were like, they want, you're like, I'm not having a toilet, baby. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, there's definitely that connection of uterine and colon release. Totally. For sure. And that happened though in the birth pool yeah they caught it but okay so they said they still would let you labor in there but you just were done you're like get me out of here I actually had her I had her in the water in the water okay Um, so I think their notes say 557 I got in the birth pool okay um and um our midwife like I saw her I could see her from where I was um just kind of like laying on the floor resting and she had told me that ahead of time she's like I might nap I might like I'm gonna leave you alone and I'm gonna listen Uh to you and I will come to you if you need me. Um, but she was very hands off in that way. And I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to, I was in the, the pool for, you know, not very long, I guess, at all. 557 to 612, she was born. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to be out of the water after the poop incident happened just because I was grossed out. But I literally couldn't speak or move beyond just vocalizing through the contractions. They were mm-hmm. like that intense. Um, really felt like I was in a portal of sorts. Um, yeah. And you are when you're giving birth, birth, right? It's like the portal between life and death. Yeah. Um, but I felt like my body was the portal and I was turned totally <laughs> inside out, if you will. Um, my body was just pushing spontaneously at, um, starting at 6.02 they have recorded. Um, contractions were like every two minutes for 60 seconds and there was like no time to verbalize vocalize any need it was just get her down she's coming yeah (laughs) yeah 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 um I I do remember being like stop pushing so hard on my back and the doula was like okay like just gentle pressure you know because he just locks into one thing and did it the whole time like it doesn't feel good anymore because baby's probably right there get out of here yep get out of here um no hot stinky breath though I don't think (laughs) I don't think this time I didn't have time to think about that um and so 602 um there was like 10 minutes of of spontaneous pushing and then at 610 
um, the assistant midwife um, came to do the heart tones and there were no heart tones detected. And so that was How like How frequently a, was she checking that? Oh gosh, great question. Gen- yeah, I mean. Um, generally every 30 minutes. Okay. Um, but I think as you get closer, it's more like every 15 So she maybe had so. right when you got in the water yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, they have the, the Doppler that you can go in the water with it versus, you know, in a hospital where you're on consistent monitoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say like every 30 or so. Okay. Um, and so at that point, there were no heart tones detected, and it could have been a really scary moment, um, but I felt full confidence of just like, it's time to get the baby out right now. There's no heart tones because she's low enough, or she might be distressed because it's like that moment, like mm-hmm. she is coming. Um, and that was the only time I pushed with any coaching or effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and Monica got up off the floor at that point, checked the heart tones herself. Neither of them could get it. And she's like, okay. Okay it's time to push this baby out mm-hmm. and so you know maybe three pushes or so which felt like all of the <laughs> intensity and effort um but she was born at six twelve. yeah and she was born in call so yeah. let's talk about that we just really briefly talked about it you know when you returned to recording with me after maternity leave um, but end call deliveries are when the baby is delivered completely contained within the amniotic sac, and it's considered to be less common um, than one in eighty thousand live births. And often, this will not happen in a hospital setting right. if they break your bag of waters, exactly. essentially, because yeah, yeah. That's they won't let what it happen. Sac is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so there's you know some myths about this being um, good luck. For both baby and parents, um, parents and midwives in some cultures even like dry and save the call as a good luck charm. Um, one myth is that babies born in call can never uh, drown because they're like water babies. Yeah. yeah so yeah. pretty, pretty interesting, cool, wild stuff. It was super cool. And I really only got a glimpse of it. So I was facing like over the side of the tub, out of the tub. Um, and so she was born... Um, you know, threw my legs behind me. I was kind of frog legged. Um, and I wanted to catch her, but it was just too much going on at that point. Yeah. Um, so I, I flipped over really quick and uh, I was like, who's got her? Because she was like in this slippery little thing, didn't realize what was going on. Um, and then the assistant midwife tore the call like as I was kind of turning over and first saw her. So I did get to see it. It was really cool Yeah. Um, to see the sack kind of opened up and then she was immediately brought to my chest. Awesome. So definitely more uh, rapid of a yeah. process than Noah. Yeah, yeah. And kind of with Noah, it was like you were like willing and demanding the birth from your body because of that amniotic fluid leak. Also very different yeah. oppositional yeah, yeah. of having a fully intact and call exactly. versus a leak. Exactly. And then, you know, you were trying to go into labor for like you had that 24-hour window. And so it was a very different probably mental yeah, process. But yeah, yeah. the overall like timestamp was what from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. basically yeah so like a 12-hour window from start to finish because yeah. you noted that the cord clamping was at 7:38. yep wow um, and 10 minutes of pushing only versus almost three hours with yeah. Noah, which i highly recommend <laughs> <laughs> for not that you really have control um but i highly recommend it for all of the reasons of recovery um i had a first degree tear um but it didn't require any stitches whereas I did have stitches and like labial tears from Noah just for laboring you know for much longer Mm -hmm. um 
it was, you know, fast and furious. It like took some time to catch my breath, I think, after it because it was so yeah. fast. Um, but so redeeming in the sense of like so much less stressful, so much less stress being on a time clock mm. or having to get to a space. Um, I can't imagine with this birth and how quickly things picked up if I had to go to a birthing center or hospital, like, I don't know that we would have made it. We would yeah. have had a car baby, right? Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Um, and let's just talk about the experience maybe um, of being at home versus the birth center and how that was different for you too. Yeah, um, I mean, I wouldn't do it any other way. Um, if and when we have another baby, I will plan for a home birth at least. I know it's not always in our control, um, but being at home is just the best. Like you're in your own space, you know where your stuff is. Um, you don't have to rush to get anywhere. Um, we got to like eat Thai food and be tucked into our own bed by like 9 PM and you guys had Noah. So, mm-hmm. you know, only had you one had kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I actually slept some that night. Um, Mabel was not maybe as tired or worn out from labor as yeah. some babies are. Cause it was so quick. I remember that with Noah, you're like, he sleeps so much the first like 36 yeah, hours yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, now Never he's mind. revived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was real tired. Yeah. Yeah. And me with the emergency C-section baby, she came out like a bat out of hell, like, hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't try anything. I just got pulled out of my mom yep. out of the blue. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> she and... was awake the full 24 oh, hours after birth. Yep. It was yep. crazy. Um, so yeah, she wasn't as sleepy. Um, we didn't get a full night's sleep, but like something about just being in your own bed, not having to go somewhere and also not having the exhaustion of like the whole night prior. I'd been up, you know, with Noah. Um, I slept a full night the night before and it was yeah. just like a regular day. And I thought I'd be having a 3, 4 a.m. baby, but here she right. was at 6 p.m. dinner yeah. time. It's like yeah. perfect, you know. Um, yeah, I was drinking champagne and eating Thai food by 9 o'clock. I like it. Um, I think there was just a lot less fear this time, especially having done it before. Um, I had so much confidence in letting my body do the work um, and really confidence in my team as well. Um, You know, I interviewed several midwives and selected Monica just because she had this like maternal vibe, but also was very hands off. You're going to do your own thing. I'm going to explain to you exactly what's happening. No BS, no fluffy stuff. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, having a birth team that that is going to respect your wishes and, you know, she was very, very um, hands off, and w- it, which is what I wanted. Um, this time there was no time for like a playlist at all. Byron put on <laughs> some music that he somehow had from last time around. Um, it was beautiful chorus, which we mm-hmm. often will um, listen to in our, our uh, Prana Shakti dance class. Um, so kind of, um, chanty, chanty. Yeah. Yeah. Acapella. Um, women's voices. Um, I couldn't tell you what song was playing when I had her because it was so such a moment of intensity. Um, but we had some candles going, you know, it was, it was super cool as well. Um, had my affirmations hung up around the room, but you know, the, the midwife was like, do you want me to read these to you? And I'm like, no, I'm in it. (laughs) So good. Um, yeah. So, so again, like had this whole bag of tricks, but didn't really have time to pull everything out over prepared. <laughs> yeah. And then just less, um, well, I think the whole probably experience again, especially with Noah being born during peak pandemic time. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the like incident of you going in, you were talking about how you like were walking pantless oh, yeah. through the parking lot and they were like, ma'am, can you put a mask on? And you're like, lady, I'm no, not wearing pants. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> like no pants, no underwear, on. no mask. Um, and uh, even on the way out, like they wanted me to right. put one on for the like 
15 foot push to the door. Just feeling that like incongruency oh, yeah. of, of whatever with a team that's taking care of you, them telling you to do things that you know you're not going to do and having that like kind of white knuckleness yeah. of a, of a, I guess, emotional element versus having like a synergy of people respecting your wishes, yeah. kind of being there, but not over intervening and letting it be your process. Yes, totally. Um, and I like, like a totally really different process. Vet, I vetted them for that stuff yeah. right away too. It's like, oh, we're not masking for any visits. We're not doing, we're not talking vaccine. And we were mm-hmm. completely hundred percent on the same page every which way so and then you did for mabel uh the drops of the vitamin k instead Mm -hmm. of that non-preservative vitamin k shot yep um and then and also you know again connecting the dots of you know we really look at that as a focus for bleed out when it is a tumultuous birth process for baby yeah so you know potentially in your natural birth kit you maybe want to have both on hand and then you make the call of like if it was a lot of labor i feel like i want to do that or you know you know what she popped out in a protective sack she is solid she is good (laughs) cushioned perfect little head everyone tells me like she had the perfect head head. yeah 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 yeah. Uh Uh, but yeah no no real trauma and I think that's a good point of like the vitamin k if there's trauma or if it's a boy and you're planning to circumcise yeah um you're gonna have to do that actually to get anyone to perform the circumcision um we didn't circumcise noah but I know that from uh, that discussion um but we did the oral and and just kind of kept up with it it was just a weekly dose and she's also getting vitamin k in her d3 k2 which I started our vitamin you know, d balance from blend. Mm-hmm. day two I would say yeah. of life um, Especially so not, with her being around yeah. brother Noah with all the petri oh, dish yeah. at school. Oh yeah, she just gets a big old, <laughs> big old dropper full in her mouth. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Um, let's talk about well, anything else you want to share in that experience that I haven't asked you no, before we go into postpartum I think, stuff? I think. I mean, we got like glorious, beautiful bonding time. Um, probably more so than the birth center too, because there's just less boxes and to you know check. you had to leave versus right. you know you didn't have to right. leave and right. all that stuff um so I had like a, an hour and a half where I just had her on my chest no one bugged me um I didn't have any need for pitocin or any heavy bleeding they were actually really astonished by how little I bled you know throughout the whole postpartum period um but I think again that's because of the fast labor rate there was yeah. just less trauma if mm-hmm. you will um, but I think other than that, I mean, highly recommend, would do it again, 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, let's talk about postpartum care. Um, so you mentioned this go around less of like that output bleed discharge, less need for the ice packs and postpartum yeah. undies and, and those types of things because there was less trauma essentially to the tissue yeah. um it sounds like and um let's though cover because that is an area of concern you know what best practices and things that you have used or have seen used in the world of wound care and reg- i guess regulating tissue recovery and inflammation totally after birth. yep and i still had all my stuff i just ended up probably needing it for less days than anticipated so mm-hmm. Um, I had the um, Frida Mom ice packs, um, which they make, you know, the Frida Baby Nose Sucker. There's a whole mama line as okay. well. Um, and their products are pretty solid. I just thought it would be easier to have something. It's the kind of ice packs you can like snap and they're a pad and you just pop them in your mm-hmm. undies versus like making your own padsicles, which yeah. I had done with Noah. It's like, I don't have time for that. I have a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had those 
used him for like two days maybe. Um, I had the Mother Love um, Sits spray, uh, which is just an herbal um, spray that goes 360, so you can turn it upside down, kind of mm-hmm. spray all around that area. Um, I had Sits Bath um, tea um, that I ended up just using in the bath, like with Epsom salts. And I probably took one or two baths every single day just because a bath felt good Makes also. You feel like a human again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so every day, like for two weeks, for longer than I really needed to, but I had all these nice herbs to to use up. Yeah. Um, a peri bottle um, that I also filled with that sits bath tea and had Byron making like big batches of that at a time, but I didn't really need it even beyond like two days or so. Um, the after ease tincture um, was something I did need because the afterbirth pains of a second child are really intense. Um, the first time it was like some crampiness, the first maybe, you know, six hours or so. Um, and this time it probably lasted like 36 to 48 hours of like toe curling pain. Like uterine, yeah. like you think your uterine shrinking? Yeah, pain? yeah, yeah. Or shrinking more like and, weird bone stuff? Uh, no, like... it's it's all yeah. uterus yeah. Um, for sure. And it would be like every time Mabel got her latch, yes. which she had a great latch, but it also, you know, contracts your uterus. That and sure it, I'd have to really kind of like get ready mm-hmm. um, for that. It was kind of toe curling pain, I would say. Um, for so sure. So what were you doing there supplement wise? And did you um, ever during the process, like when you knew you were in labor, did you ever increase any of the anti-inflammatories um, or you knew you were going to vomit and it wasn't worth it? And- I didn't take anything even okay. that I might have taken my morning load of, of like a supplement super turmeric inflammasyme, super turmeric mm-hmm. inflammasyme. Um, yeah and and pretty much after cleared uh, that 37 week timestamp I started kind of preloading on mm-hmm. that stuff um, and and I'll link um, my whole my, my um, checklist has like how to load those two but I'll make sure I put it all and in I the know show some notes. women swear by during that time um, high dose oral cbd sure as well. yeah, yeah. that's something you could do like in theory again between contractions yeah. or something like that and likely would stay down because not taking a lot of volume in yep that was um, the one thing I, I like asked for with noah but this time there was there was no time i yeah. did use it a lot actually um in that first like 48 hours with the the cramping that i was okay. having um that after ease tincture the cramp bark and then um yeah, inflammasyme at like nine a day, mm-hmm. I want to say, those first few days. Super turmeric, probably like six mm-hmm. a day. Um, relax and regulate, like four scoops solid <laughs> that mm-hmm. whole time. Um, and then I was doing like a lot of Epsom salts, topical magnesium um, spray kind of on the uterine area as well. Um, all of the things because that really hurt, but it wasn't, it doesn't last forever because nothing Nothing does. <laughs> that's right. Um, and same thing that that's where you could also do like a CBD infused um, Epsom salt bath or something like yeah, that too. Yeah, or some yeah. of those pain salves um, for sure. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. So what about um, updates on breastfeeding? We have episode 225 that we'll also link in the show notes. Um, and I know that there was some concern with Noah um, with, you know, A, breastfeeding is different and we're not sure how it's supposed to feel and all the things but a little bit of um tongue tie with him that didn't seem to be an issue with Mabel at all she has a little 
like posterior tie uh, that my midwife assessed right away and we were like we're gonna wait and see because her latch is really good it mm-hmm. was good it was deep you know she did the whole sweet little breast crawl um, yeah. right away and and had a good latch from the get-go um, and again I think knowing what to expect mm-hmm. makes it easier um, there's some nipple pain still and I think that's just the hormonal cascades and, and fluctuations but I didn't need the level of intensity of like putting ice packs yeah. <laughs> on my breast. Um, I did end up using the um, silverettes, which I will link in the show notes. Um, and those are like a lifetime. They're made of, of silver, so they last forever and you can use them for every baby. Uh, but they're just like a little protective um, nipple cup that you can tuck in your bra in between feedings. Mine kept going missing because my two-year-old thought they were hilarious. And <laughs> you know, was hiding them from me, um, but didn't need as much of the like, um, you know, breast salves and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature. I had that all on hand as well. And there were unopened ones that I ended up gifting to a friend who had a baby after me. Um, so didn't need that. Didn't need the cabbage leaves that I like sent Byron out to get um, because I thought I would need it. Really wasn't, wasn't too bad. Um, I was using the Haka, which is the little silicone like milk catcher I call it mm-hmm. uh, but essentially you can use it to like stimulate the breast if there is a clog um, and you can also use it especially in those early days when everything is leaking mm-hmm. everywhere the breast that's not um, being fed on yeah yep. yep. so I would collect and and you know got my milk stash started with that I would collect like a good three four ounces and and you know freeze that um, at a time um, and I also used it because I did have um maybe some clogged ducts and um, I used it to do an Epsom salt um, soak for my breasts. So I would like put warm water, mm-hmm. Epsom salt in it and you squeeze it and release it and put it on your boob mm-hmm. um, and it kind of sucks and mimics the baby a little bit. And that was helpful. Um, never had mastitis, um, but I did end up using some sunflower lecithin as the supplement just a couple times, I have a huge bottle that's just sitting there, and I'm like, why did I, why did I Amazon, you know, Prime this huge thing? Um, but it helped with uh, prevention of mastitis, I think. Um, and and I also knew what to look for this time in mm-hmm. terms of like, what does the clogged duct feel How like? hard should my breast feel? Yeah, <laughs> no one showed me that the first time. Um, and by the time I was seeing a lactation consultant, it was like probably a week into Noah, a week to two weeks. I don't remember, but, um, you know, it was almost too late to like show me those signs cause I was already mm-hmm. in so much pain. Yeah. Um, and this time Monica got right in there and she's like, this is what a clogged duct is yeah. going to feel like. Um, you want it, you know, if it starts to feel like a firm avocado and I was like, I know what that feels like, mm-hmm. you know, tested a lot of avocados in my day. Um, you would need to massage that and, and kind of get that out. And so I was more, I think on top of like all of the, all of the things. Love it. Yes. Yeah. And then Miss Mabel has done well throughout all six months with birth weight, uh, regain right away with that one week. And, you know, that's beats the goal of the two week yeah. kind of timestamp yeah, yeah. as the goal. And, um, Supply seemed all good and, Supply was and good. she's feeding well. The yeah. only drama with her was bottle. Yep. I, mean, I don't I feel like I didn't put that I in. I don't here. feel like that's in here, but I feel like you should talk about what yeah. bottle and also it's another kind of surrendering from perfection. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Um, so we started a bottle with her at four weeks, which is generally, you know, what's recommended um, if you're planning to bottle feed to start it 
you know, once the breastfeeding relationship is established and solid. Um, and she was good. She was, you know, gaining weight like a champ. I never really worried about like, oh, should I weigh her before and after and how many ounces and da 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 because again, she's a second baby. Like you just mm-hmm. need to keep them alive at this point. Um, but um, started her at, at four weeks on the same bottles we had done, which are the glass um, Phillips Avent bottles. That's what we had done with Noe. And she was fine. Um, she seemed like she had it down um, probably through four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. Maybe at eight weeks, we got a little lazy on like not doing as, you know, frequently. Um, but I still, I thought she was good. Um, and then maybe 10 weeks, 10 to 12 weeks, probably like right before going back to work, um, it was the holidays. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm with her all the time and family's in, and I'm just going to feed her. Like, let's not worry about it. Um, and my mom was supposed to babysit one night and we realized that this baby actually won't take the bottle that she had been taking <laughs> right. anymore. Um, and so I would say, you know, if you are planning to bottle feed, um, do it consistently, like daily, if not every other day, that would have been a good time for dad to do a feed. Yeah. And, you know, we tried, but in the chaos, it's like my boob is the easiest thing. Why right. would I go Convenience. sit with my pump and right. be 10 minutes away from my baby when I could just feed her? Um, and she was damn efficient too compared to Noah, I will say. I think girls are more efficient at breastfeeding. Like she well, can empty a boob a lot faster. Got to be part of the emotional element of also like knowing that you're going back to work from maternity. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. you want those minutes. Yeah, every totally. You, you can milk totally. out of it if you will. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that that's good advice. Like, you know, if you do know that you have a set timestamp of a maternity leave and you have to return for sure, like the last three weeks, if not leading up to make sure that like three times a week minimum, yeah, yeah, baby's yeah. being given a bottle and you play with different friends, giving her a bottle and totally. your husband does Thursday night or Sunday night. And then you get a bath, they draw a bath for you and they feed the baby a bottle in the nighttime feed. Um, or they feed the, the feed in the middle of the night with a bottle and you get to sleep a whole night through. You know, we still um, haven't done that. We are, talk about it all the time. That should happen. Um, <laughs> I'll have to talk to Byron on that one. Um, but yeah, I think that that's definitely something to, to plan for. And it just makes it a lot less stressful. Yes. One more thing yeah, to yeah. not worry about in your transition of already the emotional shifts of, you know, recalibrating your life and your schedule and your mental and emotional capacity. Totally. And so I thought at that time, I was like, I'm going to have to call a lactation consultant, not for breastfeeding, but for bottle feeding. Um, and I ended up crowdsourcing just on Instagram when I was like at my wits end of like, what bottles have you guys used? And people gave me like, I had like 50 responses just on my personal Instagram um, and bought like literally every single one. And I just said, I'm going to go through these like night after night until we find the one that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up finding the um, Lansino bottle, which is, um, it's mostly, I think like a breastfeeding supply company. Um, but somebody had said those nipples work really well for babies, um, with, you know, bottle aversions and whatnot. And it worked. Um, and they only, they, they discontinued their glass version, which was another, you know, thing that of course I'm going to be a weirdo about like not heating milk in a plastic bottle. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had to go on eBay and pay like $75 for two glass bottles. The token glass. 
it is worth the freedom, I will say. Yes. I was like, <laughs> right. And it's like, again, right. You can heat it in glass in a ball jar. Yeah. And then yeah, so you yeah. take your we breastfeeding bag, you dump it into a glass jar, you heat that with warm water, and then you pour that into it. At the end of the day. Your baby's going to be yes, fine. Yes, your baby's going to be fine. And, yep. you know, you do what you can do. Yep. Yes. Yep. So she's now doing a bottle several times a week. And now that you did get fine. the glass one, you're not worried about switching brands at this point. You're like, it's nope. fine. We're, and she's we're starting to sticking with eat it. Solids we're and... just going with it. And yeah, she's yeah. eating solids and it won't be, you know, that much longer that right. um, we're breastfeeding at least as frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about some um, nutrition for breastfeeding. So again, we have that whole episode. I think we have two episodes, one that I did on breastfeeding and then one with your and Noah's story. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, the biggest thing that we really emphasize is caloric density, um, easy grab proteins and fats, um, and also hydration because yes. you can't make the milk if you're dehydrated. It requires a good amount of hydration in the body. So that's where we recommend like, again, as a compromise, I remember um, I was so rough in my body after the c-section that I was drinking out of the hospital water with the bendy straw because it was like next to my bed and I could not turn my abdomen because I felt like everything inside was just torn open yeah. like a butcher um and I remember like the kinky straw for four days and being like I'm going to drink out of the kinky straw yep. because yep. this is what's easiest for me to move and the glass straw the ting of the glass straw was annoying me and it just wasn't <laughs> happening um so yeah you know we all make our our little compromises yes. or there are the like yeti water bottles yep. that have yes still a plastic straw but maybe a straw would be helpful in the first week yes. <laughs> something to consider yeah. there yeah. um and then you know having water kind of spread out throughout the household is key um bone broth based soups would be a big thing because then you're going to get beautiful electrolytes and protein and um especially just for convenience you know being able to sip broth as a great nutrient dense source maybe even at like a room temp so it's easier quicker chug and you don't spill it on your baby's head yeah um. <laughs> All of that. Um, And you did a lot of pre-batched meals starting at like week 34, right? Or something like that. Um, So I had frozen like a bunch of like nut flour muffins, uh, pancakes, and and also thinking about like how's Noah going to go to school with a lunch? What's he going to be eating? How can I take the most pressure off of her family unit? Um, And so we had like a lot of freezer stuff um, stash. I had made some like... um, cauliflower uh, mash shepherd's pie um, that was frozen that came in handy um byron spaghetti squash casserole yeah, spaghetti squash casserole carnitas so we had some good like freezer meals that we could go to when it had just been a day um i also made some nut balls um kind of a modification of the um berry zesty boost um that are on the blog um, where I actually added some brewer's yeast and some of the other lactation-supporting compounds in there. Oh, um, yeah. We'll link the lactation yeah. cookies yeah, yeah. as well yeah. with the never, kind of oatmeal raisin never riff. never got to make those this time around. And you still can. I still can. I'm still lactating, so I still could do it. Um, but yeah, okay. The, Brady likes them, and he's not lactating. Yeah, you don't have to be. So far. Um, <laughs> He's like, he's like, I love those cookies. And I'm like, well, we'll just, you don't need the brewer's yeast though. We'll yeah, just make yeah. them. They'll taste the same. Yep. They, they <laughs> won't make you lactate uh, no. if you're a male. I no. don't believe. Nope. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of like bone broth based soups. So still did a lot of the um, kind of Korean tradition of lying in warm foods. Um, Byron would bring me like this giant bowl of soup, but then 
we have two kids. So it's like, who's going to, someone has to hold the baby, feed the toddler and soup is harder to get in. Uh, So I think I transitioned to smoothies like a lot sooner just to make sure that I was getting adequate nutrition. And our grass-fed way is a great way to get all of your protein needs in a bioavailable form and also get that boost of the immunoglobulins, be that it's non-denatured, also getting a nice boost of glutathione there. So I think that's something to put as a essential for like a postpartum kit for a friend or whatnot, you know, beyond some of the other supplement support. I think the Naturally Nourished Grass-Fed Way and maybe even like the smoothie ebook would be a nice totally. yeah, yeah. a nice thing because that works that two for one of the hydration and of course meeting your protein needs. And like you said, more convenient to sip than hot soup regardless of the time of the year. Um, and then you also have, you know, a good amount of snacks and um, like the perfect bars, um, epic bars, and all of those will have linked in our Amazon store. So yep. a lot of options there. Um, nutrient density with organs, as we're always talking about, whether it's like a simple bolognese or the mini meatloafs with liver and bacon or some form of meatballs. Um, and then um, other electrolyte support beyond bone broth would be probably reaching into the coconut water and then doing that like electrolyte limeade yep. with the um, not, with the uh, relax and regulate. Yep. And I, I went through a couple containers of the relight from Redmond, like the unflavored uh-huh. um, as well um, that I picked up at the event we did with them yeah. earlier um, in the year. So. That was great and helpful as well. And Noah would like drink out of my water bottle, spit it out immediately. Mm-hmm. Ooh, salty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love it. Um, let's just touch on a couple like focused superfoods. Um, and these could kind of go across the board. We have them noted in our show notes on breastfeeding superfoods. But I think that these could be throughout pregnancy. They're just superfoods in general. superfoods, but yeah, they're all But they can grow a super baby yep. and also help with postpartum recovery and breastfeeding. Um, let's start with leafy greens. Yeah. So we talk about this all the time for folate during pregnancy. So that two to three, you know, cups of leafy greens kind of stays standard throughout um, breastfeeding. Just tons of antioxidants, micronutrients that are getting passed on, you know, through the breast milk. Um, and apparently, you know, mothers whose baby, who consume vegetables regularly while they're breastfeeding are going to have less yeah. picky children as they get older. So they're getting some of that like bitterness Sulfurous. from the greens, mm-hmm. sulfur mm-hmm. compounds. Um, I would say like soups or smoothies are the easiest way to get leafy greens in. Ain't nobody got time for a salad around here. <laughs> it's a lot of chewing, but a green smoothie. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, and then omega-3 fatty acids. So we think about these. We didn't mention this, but I'm sure you upped your omega-3s when you upped the super turmeric and the inflammasome postpartum as a pain management and anti-inflammatory as well. I just stayed on four a day okay. throughout because um, that one gram of DHA is really the gold standard in mm-hmm. the research for supporting baby's brain development. Those extra, what, five IQ points or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever we get. Um and my brain too, I was like hyper aware of, you know, mom brain plus baby brain mm-hmm. plus postpartum brain. It just compounds. Yeah. Um, so I was on four of that, like throughout but the you entire could go pregnancy. Higher. You could go you could up go to six, six to eight. Yeah, yeah. Easy. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, that's where I'm often telling women in their third trimester to switch to our EPA DHA extra liquid, uh, especially if you're just getting capsule fatigue sure. um, with your prenatals and everything. Um, you know, usually first trimester when there's maybe some nausea or adversions, that might not be the time to go for the liquid omega-3. But for sure in this postpartum time, and especially that third trimester, that's usually my recommendation is why don't you go for a tablespoon and a half and then you're actually getting more equivalent to like five caps 
capsules. Um, and I think that works really beautifully too. So beyond the omega-3s in supplements, uh, we would go for wild-caught fish. So totally. this could be um, making up a big old batch of a couple cans worth of like a skipjack tuna salad to mow down quickly with a fork. And then you're making that calorically dense by adding maybe avocado oil-based mayo or olive oil-based mayo um, or chopped olives in there, et cetera. Um, cooking wild salmon as a family dinner a couple times a week would be beautiful. Um, to get that omega-3 fatty acid for, you know, continuous support for baby's brain, nervous system, but also for you in that recovery as an anti-inflammatory. Totally. Um, And then eggs would be highly recommended and they're an easy, quick cook protein, um, semi-portable if you're doing like hard boiled eggs um, or uh, maybe making a batch of like egg muffins for the freezer or requesting those um, Mm -hmm. of a a family member who's cooking for you. Um, But, you know, for the B12, the folate, the choline, all of the essentials for healthy growth, all of the B vitamins, because we know that breastfeeding, you're on higher demand of everything right absolutely and then kind of going off of that when i think of choline i think of uh egg yolk bacon and liver yes Uh, so in the world of beyond organs just getting ample red meat really important um in fact the world health organization recommends new mothers consume an extra 25 grams of protein per day during the first six months of breastfeeding to ensure that there is adequate milk production. And in order to have adequate milk production, again, you need enough hydration, you need enough calories, um, and you need enough protein. Those are kind of the big, big. And then there's micronutrients, of course, of focus. Um, But when we're talking about micronutrients with red meat and why I would recommend specifically red meat at least five times a week, um, we're really trying to get that iron and red blood cell rebuild going on, a nice dense source of B12 and zinc. Um, And then the grass-fed sources are going to also have a good omega fatty acid profile for us. Um, And these are, you know, so like grass-fed burger, a great choice in this early postpartum and then even, you know, through the breastfeeding process Um, and, and something I recommend throughout pregnancy as well. Totally. I feel like I was a protein hound this time postpartum and kind of still am where I'm getting at least 100 grams a day. Mm-hmm. So at least that extra 25 and then some, um, but probably like 100 to 120 a day. And we didn't still right now. research on for this episode, but I do know that there is some staggering statistics out there about vegan mamas oh, yeah. um, or protein insufficiency with pregnancy and unfavorable outcomes as well as with breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, so definitely you know, this is not a time to have an aversion to biological animal sourced protein. Nope. Nope. Okay. And then this one would be more unique to just breastfeeding, likely fennel and fennel seeds, unless you're having fennel in a delicious slice of salami, which I do like the OG uh, of the salamaria, which has fennel in there. Which is also a great portable protein rich snack that can sit on your bedside and you shove it in your mouth when you have time. We'll link our friends (laughs) over there. And I think you can still use Allie Miller RD. We had them on as guests a couple episodes back, goodness, probably 50 episodes back at this point. Um, But fennel and fennel seed, um, you know, this would be a great thing to increase the breast milk volume. You'll even see fennel seed in a lot of teas. Yep. Um, um, Milk made tea, which I did um, use, you know, proactively, but didn't really need it for like supply issues necessarily. I just had a bunch on hand. Okay. So punch list as far as let's go into supplements and then we'll start to wrap things up here. Um, So kind of punch list out supplement essentials um, for breastfeeding 
and pregnancy, and we can call out if there's a variable, but I'm going to, I'm going to categorize them as one. I think it's pretty much the same. Like mm-hmm. I took the same thing. Yep. Throughout. So we're going to definitely yeah. get all four capsules daily of the multi-avail mama. Yep. Um, we're going to be getting in that EPA DHA extra, um, at least getting that gram, like you mentioned of DHA. So aiming for four capsules or that tablespoon, little overage of the liquid, um, probably especially, maybe not through the whole pregnancy, but especially early postpartum doing both the targeted strength and the rebuild spectrum. Um, we use the restore baseline probiotic in our mama to be bundle. Um, and so that is a quarter of the potency of the targeted strength. Um, and you know, we just like to really ensure that we have good optimized microbiome, especially in the early postpartum time to prevent infection and support a robust immune response. Um, and that rebuild spectrum could absolutely be pulsed in throughout pregnancy if under the weather or exposed to any kind of gunk. Yeah. And I recommend it with any history of, um, group B strep as well, just starting third trimester. Um, so I had no drama with that. The midwife like gave me the test to go do myself um, in the bathroom versus them like poking you in the butt, which is the worst thing <laughs> yeah. in the world when you're not expecting it. Um, but it was negative this time. And and our uh, women's flora probiotic yeah, yeah. is a great yeah, yeah. technique add-in for that third trimester for that reason totally. as well. Yeah. That has that uh, lactobacillus, rudery, um, and raminous forms. Um, and so that's going to be that vaginal uh, optimal flora and um, also play a role in kind of prevention in that space. So yeah, the rebuild spectrum and women's flora would be good add-ins for that. And also women's flora for postpartum tear and, and totally. vaginal microbiome recovery yep. would be huge. Yep. Um, vitamin D balance blend, probably capsule for mom, liquid dropper for baby. Yep. Uh, osteofactors, I think we don't talk about enough truly, unless we're like on the topic of bone health right. and perimenopausal, uh, but really in the world of, uh, prenatal and, um, postpartum, especially with breastfeeding, we had talked about when we ran our micronutrients, how Becky was deficient functionally yeah. in calcium. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you ran that just like a month after weaning or a yeah. week after weaning, or it was a little bit after weaning. Um, and so mind you that we are draining from mama's calcium stores while you're building baby's bones in utero and then you know when we deliver that baby we are leaching calcium out with breast milk production so those osteofactors uh mchc form of calcium in there um, would be really a key essential at three a day throughout the breastfeeding process and then even i would stay like six months post wean to make sure that your calcium is optimized and then you know you might pull that back out and then start again at around second trimester of pregnancy is when we start to really see the need for more calcium. Yeah, totally. I've been much more proactive about that one this time around. Um, and so far so good. No bone pain, which I was having the first there time. There you go. It's an indicator. Um, and then um, B complex, I would add on um, just for all of the B vitamin demands, you know, with breastfeeding, but also with pregnancy, um, there's a good amount of choline in mm-hmm. that um, as well well. And for some mamas with breastfeeding, especially if they're having any, uh, or just postpartum, um, if they're having any mood concerns, sure, yeah, yeah. I'll actually put them on the methyl complete, mm-hmm. um, instead of adding in that B complex, cause they're still getting a good array of B vitamins with the multivale mama, but that methyl complete is going to be a little bit more supportive for postpartum depression, um, getting a little bit more of that serotonin conversion going on. Um, and then still has, of course, the methylation uh, factors to regulate that 
that inflammation in the body. Totally. Especially if you have known MTHFR yeah. variants or And a know, good energy two. boost yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then of course our friend relax and regulate would be an essential. And those are the, the big ones that we have noted here. But I know that also then you had, as we talked about in your early pregnancy episode, decided to stay on the adaptogen boost throughout yeah, yeah. this whole pregnancy. And so some women would go back on that if they had taken it out because um, you're definitely going to need that um, stamina and resilience to fatigue-induced stress. Um, and we know that the stress management is so important when we're talking about breastfeeding and especially that early time of connection with baby if our nervous system is just wired and fired yeah. and fried. Um, for many people also, it'd be very appropriate to get going with calm and yeah, I right took that postpartum on, to just sure. let your nervous system get back into that safe space and you know mellow everything down after the adrenaline surge that occurs from the birthing process. Yes, totally. I noticed how like bitey I was with Byron. Of <laughs> it's just a lot like adapting to two kids and figuring yeah. out everyone's needs. But you know, there are times I could have been nicer, and I did keep a bottle of Calm and Clear right by my bed <laughs> for Good. those first few weeks at least. Yeah. Good. And then for baby, we're doing that um, vitamin D balance blend about a quarter of an ml, a couple times a week, like three to four times a week in the new infant uh, phase. And then as we cross over into the teens um, of weight, our bottle changes at 20 pounds, um, the dosage and frequency. And then um, we could do for baby also, uh, there is a good probiotic by Metagenics, the baby probiotic drops, Medicids, um, and about six drops of that that you can put on your fingertip or on your nipple. Um, and, you know, that's kind of determined if, if mama is doing uh, the quality probiotics of like our targeted strength and rebuild spectrum, you are passing your microbiome to baby daily sure. through yeah. breastfeeding. Um, so that's something you can kind of play by ear if seeming necessary. Yep. And then I might add the GI immune builder. Mabel Absolutely. really has had like beautiful, amazing skin this whole time. Um, whereas Noah had some like eczema, oh, cradle yeah, cap yeah, you're stuff. Right. Um, I wonder if it's just because I don't mess with her as much. I don't have time to like yeah. brush her little head or whatever. Um, but I think um, she's not exhibiting any signs of, of like GI distress or anything like that. But as I'm adding, you know, solid foods in, I'm thinking that that's going to start coming into the mix in her bottles a couple times a week as well, especially with like how much... <laughs> you know, sickness still goes around from, from Noe being in school. Love it. So, so fun hearing your detailed description of the birth process and how baby number two has been equally delightful, but different ride for you. And I think that's what we hear from mamas. Of course, every child is going to be unique and every experience as a mama with that child is going to be equally unique. Um, so I think this is really great to just take the time to pause to honor Miss Mabel. And hopefully y'all that are listening have taken some good notes on products that are recommended, some postpartum support, breastfeeding, superfoods, and so much more. As always, we put all of the links in the show notes on each episode from wherever you're listening. And then every episode is housed at naturallynourishedrd.com. But if you're looking for any of the Naturally Nourished supplement line or you want to grab a spot in our Wimberly Wellness Workshop or a free spot in our Women's Hormones class, go on over to alliemillerrd.com. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
Until next time, stay nourished and be well.